Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Stephanie. Boston has been pleasantly cool lately. Temperatures on Sunday are expected to reach a high of 45 degrees Fahrenheit, with the rest of the week looking very similar to the last. However, unlike last week, there will be more rain showers that begin on Thanksgiving Day and continue into the first half of the following week. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On November 20th, six members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. Four of them were students and two of them were employees. For the week of November 14th to November 20th, 0.18% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0.06% of tested faculty and 027 of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 15.9 hours to process each test. There are currently 43 students in isolation, making this the lowest number BU has reported in two weeks. 240 students have recovered from the disease. Joining us now is Hannah Barron. With a Boston study that led to the creation of a new drug that can be used to treat a rare genetic disorder in children. After a study based in Boston, the FDA approved the first ever drug to treat the rare genetic disorder progeria on Friday. Progeria causes rapid aging and stunts growth in children. The life expectancy of those with the disease is around 14 years. FDA approval cited 62 children that took the drug twice a day and 81 children all over the world that did not. A total of four studies have been conducted on the drug, all based at the Boston's Children's Hospital and funded predominantly by the Massachusetts-based Progeria Research Foundation. Those who received treatment grew taller, saw improvement in progeria-related heart disease that is the most common cause of death, and lived around 21.5 years above the average life expectancy. The condition is reported in one in every four to eight million newborns all over the world. Experts estimate that 200 to 250 children are living with progeria at any given time. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Hannah Barron for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Diane Huang Po for a story on the U.S. reaching a record number of coronavirus cases. The United States reached 12 million coronavirus cases on Saturday as the third wave of infections continues to spread across the country. The country recorded more than 200,000 new cases between Friday and Saturday in more than 40 states, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, and Guam are experiencing a percentage increase in the number of cases over the past 14 days. As a result, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is urging Americans not to travel for the Thanksgiving holiday. Governors in states across the country are renewing mask mandates and enforcing stricter limitations on social gatherings. Several governors, including Iowa's Republican Governor Kim Reynolds and North Dakota's Republican Governor Doug Burgum, who initially refused to impose a statewide mask mandate at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, have reversed course as cases continue to rise rapidly. While Pfizer and Moderna have each reported promising results from preliminary analyses of their phase three clinical trials for a COVID-19 vaccine, it is still expected to take weeks for federal authorization and the nationwide implementation of vaccines. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Diane Huang Po for WTBU News. Next, I'll be sharing a story about President-elect Joe Biden and the progress he's made towards filling his cabinet. President-elect Joe Biden is moving quickly to fill out his administration and could name top leaders for his cabinet as early as next week. Biden told reporters on Thursday that he's already decided on who will lead the Treasury Department. That pick, along with his nominee for Secretary of State, may be announced before Thanksgiving, according to people close to the transition who spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity to discuss internal deliberations. 
The cabinet announcements could be released in tranches, with groups of nominees focused on a specific top area, like the economy, national security, or public health, being announced at once. Such a move is intended to deliver the message that Biden is intent on preparing for the presidency, even as President Donald Trump refuses to concede and attempts to subvert the election results in key states. Trump's roadblocks have undermined core democratic principles, such as the peaceful transfer of power, and are especially problematic because Biden will take office in January amid the worst public health crisis in more than a century. Finally, an update from Natalia Shilotri about Saturday deliberations from G20 leaders. G20 leaders vowed Saturday to ensure an equal distribution of COVID-19 vaccines, drugs, and tests to countries all over the world and prioritize supporting poorer countries suffering due to the pandemic. In the virtual summit, the leaders were concerned of the political strains that might occur between the rich and poor countries. French President Emmanuel Macron stated that it was important to avoid a situation where only the richer countries would get an opportunity to restart normal routines. In response to this, the European Union urged G20 leaders to put more money into an international project called Access to COVID-19 Tools Accelerator, which would take care of vaccines, tests, and have its own vaccine distribution facility for global action. Most countries, such as Germany, Russia, and China, were making their separate financial contributions to help reduce the harsh impact of COVID-19. In Singapore, I'm Natalia Schlotry for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Hannah Yoshinaga, Alex Corey, and Griffin Buck, I'm Stephanie Joseph reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTBU News.